Hi everyone, my name is Miracle Inamity Pajibong, I'm an in-house SEO consultant, and this is my tip for SEO in 2024. Miracle, what is your number one SEO tip for 2024? This year, I'm talking about brand SEO. And this is a topic that I've recently become so passionate about. I think with the onset of AI, the market is going to get so saturated. I mean, it's, it's going to be crazy. And I've already seen loads and loads of people jumping on like brand SEO because it's, it's just so super important at this time. I think we see the kind of culture of the young, you know, they don't use terrestrial TV. They, they get their news from like a super specific source. You know, everyone has really strong feelings about who they are and then really looking for brands that kind of speak and tap into those social feelings. And there's going to be such a mistrust, like there is already a growing mistrust for like all of the content flaws that we're having and the kind of saturation and, you know, it's coming up from us left, right and center. And we can see that with Google helpful content, Google is moving more and more towards like very fine sources, getting people with experience, all of those things. I mean, recently they started verifying like medical information on YouTube because people are getting their information from a diversity of sources. And yes, there's a lot available, but people are hinging on, oh, I only get my news from this YouTube channel and I only get, and it, it's, it's really alarming. And so Google is, there's so much pressure on them to make sure that there is credibility. And this is where brands need to be placing in that the kind of old chase for like generic keywords, that, that that's gone. Forget about that. Be hyper-focused on who you are and what your audience wants. Be hyper-focused on that. So, for, so forget about generic keyword phrases. It's all about brand SEO. So what does brand SEO actually mean in practice? And how do you drive organic visits as a result? Okay. So obviously you can't totally, like, you can't totally forget about generic keywords. However, it is sticking to your niche. Thinking about what do I offer? What products do I offer? Now, for example, in the past, we used to see, you know, when I worked in insurance, we used to see like someone will search, well, maybe you offer pet insurance, but you only cover one pet and someone will search for multi-pet insurance. And then you will see a brand come to the top of the set because they're a big brand. And then they will say, looking for multi-pet insurance, although we don't offer it, you can't, you can't get away with those kind of things anymore. You need to be focused on what I might cause. And before it used to be that everyone will spread what, you know, you go after all the generic, anything that is like literally hundred feet from what you do, you will go, you will go after it. Sorry, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm thinking back into when I was involved in SEO 20 years ago and the, the kind of things that you used to have in meta keywords to attempt to actually rank your site for nothing to do with the content. Yeah, it, it really like, I think we, we're reaching now, we're reaching and, and, and we, we, AI is only going to get worse because people can write quicker, they can write faster. You know, I would say when you're doing your keyword research now, go to social media. That is the place to be doing your keyword research. I mean, Carrie Rose gave a really interesting presentation at MozCon about how she has been using social media to kind of like, you know, go to social media, see what's trending, make sure it's optimized on the client side, kind of go to PR and say, we have this amazing thing. And because it's trending, 
jump to P1 and get loads of sales from me. I think that's really interesting. For me, what I have been doing with my brand is that because of the, 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 the industry I work in, I have been going to forums, I have been looking at trust pilot, like what are people saying? And I said this last year, but what I've been doing is not just thinking about that brand reputation, but translating it to content. I think a practical example of this is Monzo. I love what Monzo is doing with their content. They can't like, they are getting their employees, they're getting customers to write for them on how they're using Monzo to like solve their debt problem, how they're using Monzo savings to save for a festival. There's one about, oh, how my husband and I, you know, split our bills, like the emotional complication of paying bills. And that's, it's really about getting your customers to come to you. Because the generic market is so flooded. I mean, on my Mosco, in my Moscow presentation, I talk about when I did it this year, I talked about going to the SEP and searching for like quotes on love and then getting served with like 4 million. And I'm like, oh my days, like, how do I navigate? How do I know which what, you know? So you wanted like instill loyalty in your customers. You want them to come directly to you. You want them to be thinking, oh, I know this brand. This brand has the same kind of social eaters I know. This brand always offers what I'm looking for. Then they come to your site and then they do that search. So it's building that trust and making them come to you. That is going to be one of the key things. So to begin with, from a content perspective, decide what content you should be publishing based upon the products that you offer as a business and what your brand represents and focus solely on that and enhance the content that you've got got in relation to the relevant keyword phrases in relation to your products, but then get your users to be involved in the production of your content as well. So uh, do you have to reach out to users? Um, Do you have to kind of proactively push users to create content for you? Or if you have a wonderful product. Will users naturally just write on your behalf? I don't think users will just naturally. Like they might write on social media, they might write on forums, but if you can't find those people or people who are leaving feedback on, on, on Trustpilot and get them to, to write for you, that's one way. Another way is loads of brands offer incentive to employees. Like, or, you know, if I work for John Lewis, I'd get 25% off and so I would, I would naturally buy stuff from them. Those are all people within your organization that can write for you. That's what Monzo does as well. They use a lot of their employees that are using their Monzo cards in ways that the general population can use it. Another thing is look for consume, like look for writers that already have EAT. So if you if you're offering a certain thing, for for instance, if I look at the SEO world and think about like using someone like Chima, who speaks a lot about content to write content for you about SEO content, you will see that automatically that would have weight. So search out, don't just go and look for like generic writers, search for writers that already have EAT in that category. And how do you measure that? How do you, how do you find uh, a writer that has that EAT? Is it all about um, social followers or are there better metrics that you can look at? I look at what, they, what they've written in the wild. So I will Google a writer, look at their profile, look at where their bylines are. Really super important to see that they have bylines elsewhere. And the bylines all correlate to the topics they're writing on. And that's what I'll do. And then get your people trained. You know, if you run a small website and that website is about, one of the things that we did is that we, we, we ran a website that talks about hair. And then we got the writers to go on a trichology course and get them, you know, and then they are qualified trichologists and they can give advice and they can give, you know, advice and opinion on that. 
and then start, you know, you yourself start building the EAT of your writers. I encourage my writers to have at least half a day or a day where they, where they tune out and say, I'm going to do some research on how to get my byline into publications that are talking about the things I'm writing on. It's in your interest if your writers build their profile. If there's any training courses, you can send them on. And I think most important is to get them to have bylines in publications that offer the same kind of things you do and build their EAT. So how does brand SEO interplay with search generative experience and AI results? I mean, it's not really in the UK now, so and I haven't, I haven't really seen like the write-ups and the stuff, so I haven't really played with it. But from what I see, and from the way, like, there will like, search engines exist to make money, isn't it? So there's going to be paid search, and then there's going to be SEG, and then organic search results. Literally, organic is just going to go lower and lower and lower. And then all the things that makes Google pull your result into SEG is that trust, isn't it? trust. So it's all about building your brand trust so that you are considered for SEG. It's the same metrics around trust, EAT, that gets fed, that gets fed into SEG. If your brand is not, it's not a reputable brand, if it doesn't have EAT, it's not going to get pulled in the SEG result. It's, it's all about appearing as high as you can because organic search results are going to drop lower. And so, especially for brand, Paid search spend is going to go up. And that was, you know, I talked about this in my most talk. Paid search spend is going to go through the roof because as more as the organic search space gets more and more competitive, visibility drops because there's more and more things that are taken. There is like map parks. There are so many features in the SERP and that's fine. Google exists to, to, to drive water, to service users what they want. So you need to get yourself in that space where you're able to end this uh, SG results. If you're not able to earn it, then you need to make sure that you're doing enough so that you build your customer loyalty and your people search directly for your brand. So those are things that you need to start thinking about in that space, getting people to come directly to you. Another thing is really super interesting that he got leaked about, you know, Google using um, users' clicks, because one of the things I talked about in my, uh, Moscow presentation from my rudimentary experiment, the British rudimentary experiment that I did in the industry I was working on, not only in the industry I did, in the fashion industry as well, on how when you see a brand, so for instance, now I sell, I don't know, dresses, when I do like brand plus dresses, the brand that usually has the highest search volume in that niche is usually in P1. And I see time and time again, because Google exists or search engines exist to give their users what they want. If your demand is naturally high, if your demand is high, you would, you come out stronger in the organic set. And I see loads and loads and loads of people like even just that, that, that's one thing. That's a different thing in terms of driving demand, making your brand front of mind and how that affects organic set. Really interesting to see that Moz has launched like a brand authority metric to see how your brand is tracking amongst competitors, the strength of your brand. That's really interesting. Another part to that as well is that there are loads of people who have gone after generic so much that they've literally forgotten their brand. Users get come to you and then they're coming to you again because the search habit has changed. People talk about like you speak to a lot of UX people and they're talking about journeys. Like when someone lands on your homepage, where did, I'm like, nobody searches that way anymore. Everybody will go and type. If they know the brand they want to use, they will go and type in the SERP. Most people, not everyone, correct. Most people will go to the SERP and type 
branding plus query. And they expect a page to surface for that. And we have gotten so hyper-focused on generic keyword that a lot of brands are not covering that. As part of my example, I used the Expedia. Expedia was bidding on a PPC keyword that was like how to make ticket bookings through Expedia. They had no organic page and They had no organic page ranking for that keyword. They were spending money bidding on PPC. And it was, uh, I can't remember the name of the website that was creating generic content that was ranking in P1 for that query because they had created not only a blog post, they had a video and a step-by-step process to book tickets through Expedia. So it's all of those things where we need to start, you know, big brands need to start thinking about, just stop focusing on generic keywords and start thinking more and more about your returning customers and how to serve them because they will have a higher conversion rate, you know, and smaller brands, it's going to be so competitive. You know, you need to build that niche for yourself. Is If you're getting any kind of agency or something that's coming to you and saying now, oh, we need to cover all of this length and breadth and, and go after every generic keyword, you need to be very suspect because you, you need to be very suspect. I mean, Ross gave an interesting talk about, you know, how to, he was saying about like tech brands that were generating like 500 pieces of content a year using AI. And I was like, oh my God, this was in Seattle. And I was like, how many tech brands are there? You know, imagine there are a thousand tech brands times that by five. I mean, we're all just going to be drowning. It's like our attention spans are getting that. Noah, there's, there's just so much saturation. We just need to start funneling narrower, narrower and be more specific. Look, this, is, this all makes great sense, but it's a nightmare for analytics, isn't it? I mean, you're talking about customers coming directly to you, and we're talking about uh, search generative experience and um, people getting AI results directly, and then maybe making a decision to visit a brand because of that. Is it still SEO? And how do you actually measure the the value of brand SEO? It's sweaty. I mean, is it still SEO? We, we've been asking that question for since I started, you know, when it was like page titles and that, and then we, and, and then, you know, speed became a metric and we all went tick before it was just like on page link building. And then, you know, speed, you know, became a metric and we all went tech. And then we were like going into the code and everyone said, is this still SEO? SEO is a fascinating industry because of how much it evolves. This is where it's going and you, you have to get, get on board with it. I mean. I'm collaborating quite closely with brand teams in a way that I never did. I'm collaborating with product teams in a way I never did because I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, the developer knows how to fix the thing that is broken, but the product team is the one that's creating the feature in the first place. So if I'm liaising with them before it even gets built, I'm getting all my requirements in there and then getting the developers to scope it out. So the way we will we work would always, always change and evolve. And that's the nature of the industry. And if you don't move with it, then you're going to get, you know, left behind. And tra- tracking it, I mean, as marketers, you know, I listened to, I think, is it Roy? And he said, you know, we've, we've really, I mean, it's, it's great. Because, you know, SEO budget is always the first being pulled. We got really super into like tracking data, but we need to get, used to showing, thinking about the integrative search experience, doing tests with PPC to think about, because I recently started, you know, working, managing PPC team and I've started thinking about like incremental tests and thinking about the incremental value of every channel, looking at combined, combined um, CPAs. However, in the very practical term of how you measure this 
tomorrow, because these are all like blue sky thinking, you know, direct traffic, increase in brand search, increase in brand plus product searches, which is like direct growth in awareness, isn't it? So those are all the things that you track. Number of returning customers, conventional rate of returning customers. So those are the practical ones that you can do now. The rest is all like in 2004, this is where everyone will be thinking about one of those things because we, we have to evolve and get better at showing like incremental value when we step away from like this specific keyword and this specific page and, and all of those kind of things. You obviously meant 2024 as opposed to 2004. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've taken us back like 19 many years, but I can't even do that. So I was going to say 19 years and I was like, is it not 20? I don't know. You certainly shared a lot of great advice there. Look, if an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time doing what you suggest in 2024? I would say stop chasing those generic keywords that are so far-fetched from what you do just because they're somewhat related to your industry. And that will save you so much time. Instead, go to your content, do an audit, prune anything that is not adding value, and then focus on those things that are within your niche and the things that, you know, you know that this is exactly what we offer and think about how you can enhance them. I think we need, it's more beyond, you know, like if you've written the pages ranking in P1, think about, go and work with your media teams or your social media teams. Say, how can we create YouTube shots for this? It's added value. You need to start thinking more and more about, because everyone's like, okay, I've covered this, you know, this, the, we don't have, you know, we have 20 top keywords or 30 or 100 and we've done all of it. Then think about how you can repurpose that content, YouTube shots, like what am I, what else can I do to add value? I think this is where people usually struggle because we like to stay in our nation, but we have to get more innovative, which is fun, which is what SEO is about. Miracle Inameti Archibong is head of SEO at John Lewis Finance, and you can find her over at miracleinametiarchibong.com. Miracle, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. Thank you. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024, the book, over at seoin2024.com. <laughs>